This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Hello, football fans, and welcome to the Onside Kick. My name is Ricky Widmer, and as always, I'm joined by the Mark Weber, Dub Themmies, and a double as always, because I'm always joined by the one, the only, Brandon Swanee Swanson. Hey, hey, hey. And you might be confused right now, as many of you may what be. What podcast am I listening to? Uh, am I listening to the Primetime Podcast? Am I listening to the Onside Kick? We're doing it's a draft tonight. content <laughs> co- podcast because we're combining both worlds. Worlds collide yeah. here. Now, I mean, Brandon thought he was going to get away from the draft yesterday, but you can't do it, buddy. We're talking all draft, all day, every day, right here on the Onside Kick. I'm thinking listeners are probably so excited to listen to the trio of idiots tonight instead of just two people talking. So I'm, I'm sure they're thrilled to be able to listen to that, but also thrilled that we will not be talking about the <laughs> fucking draft because that shit is horrible. No, we can't do that to Brandon. The whole reason why Brandon's on the onside kick tonight is yesterday for the primetime podcast, he said, Ricky, if we're talking draft, I'm not showing up. And guys, I called him to it. I said, no, we're talking draft. And he did not show up, so that's why he is here today. We're going to be talking some Josh Norman, really, the fucking Redskins, and then we're also going to talk about the Sam Bradford trade or trade that might be coming, Tom Brady suspension, and then the future again of Johnny Manziel. But guys, we got to start with this Josh Norman signing, $75 million, five years, and I like the, really the Redskins. I still can't believe that he went to the fucking Redskins. It does blow my mind as well. Um, yeah, the Redskins are kind of on the uptick from this season, but at nine and seven, you know, it's not like it's anything amazingly impressive. Uh, the quarterback, see, uh, the quarterback situation was not good. Kirk Cousins has been overpaid. They don't have the best. I mean, the the wide receivers are good, but they're not great. They have a quarterback out there who kind of was a little bit fluky. I definitely expect to, you know, quote-unquote sophomore slump because he's never had an actual season mm-hmm. to play. I mean, the guy had three years to try and win the job from RG3, who got booted over to Cleveland, of all places, and he could never do it. I don't see Super Bowl ready for this team or even Super Bowl future for this team, especially for someone like Josh Norman who was just there. Josh Norman could have gone anywhere in the world, and he chose the Redskins. Well, I mean, the main three that people are talking about is, okay, it was the Redskins, the Saints, and then the Niners, and then the day he made the decision, it was actually, okay, it's down to the Redskins and the Saints. And to me, I was all ready for him to go to the Saints because you think about it. The Saints really need a corner. It would change. Like, as soon as it's like Josh Norman to the Saints— I would have been typing up another mock draft. Like, what the fuck? Can't people keep things normal to where I don't have to do another mock draft because things would change? Mm-hmm. Also, you get to play the Panthers twice a year, get a little revenge for that team that pulled that tender from you, and you get to play with Drew Brees. I, I think that the, the move is, it makes no sense. That's that's what I think. I think if you're going to make a move, go to a place that's going to make sense. I, I think that with, with the Saints... They're hurting so badly for for anyone to play defense. They would call up the three of us um, to to do it at this I'd point. I'd play for free, Jamarcus uh, Russell style. No, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> I know you would not do that. Um, but now nah, I got to put food on the table. You do for you and your yeah. you and your entire family yeah. for, um, for my stomachs. All fourteen of them. <laughs> oh, come on, man! And all thirteen and a half. But um, <laughs> guys, you know, I really think that Washington, they. They well overpaid for this guy. Five years, $75 million. Just because you paid that much money for him does not mean that he's going to perform what he did last year. Mm -hmm. He's in the prime of his career right now, but I don't think you're going to get the same type of numbers that you got from him last year that the Panthers did. I don't think that Washington's going to get those this year or even the next five or how many he's with them. I really think that the Panthers are the losers in this one, though. I mean, they could still have him. Josh Norman could still be on there. Apparently, what, he went to sign the tender at the last minute, didn't go through, didn't work, whatever. Just really, it's a bogus scenario because, in my opinion, he should still be with the Carolina Panthers right now, playing on the franchise tag. I don't get mm-hmm. I don't get this move on all parties. Completely. I, I think that 
you know, it seems like the even though the Carolina Panthers have built this awesome team, this great defense, one of the best defenses, they make dumb decisions. Like they're consistently making dumb decisions. It just happens that they've drafted really well. That's really what it's worked out for. Uh, you know, they got rid of Cam Newton's safety. Well, the safety blanket's Greg Olson, but they got rid of Steve Smith mm-hmm. when he was the only wide receiver there. You know, Calvin Benjamin gets injured, and they're suddenly going, "Oh shit, we wish we yeah. would have Steve Smith still." Uh, it just and now they have this other star here who's being pushed out as well. I mean, that was a star on the offense who was a team leader. That's a star on the defense who was a team leader. Besides Luke Keekley, who's obviously still there. Doesn't make sense in that standpoint. Don't forget about Star Latule too. Of course, of course. The thing that that kind of bothers me for the Redskins is this was a team that was looking like they were going in the right direction, but what do they do? They spend a shit ton of money on Norman, and now what are you going to do? Who else can you possibly bring to this team because you're going to dedicate so much money here, and then you're not going to be able to pay to improve the other parts of the team that really need it. Exactly. I want to touch on something that, Brandon, you brought up. With the whole situation for Norman and the Panthers, the whole like few days before it was officially like he was going somewhere else, it was a bizarre story. I remember when it first broke that the Panthers were going to pull the tender and Josh Norman was a free agent. That next day, I was watching First Take, and Stephen A. is going on a Stephen A.-type rant, just ranting and raving about how, oh, nothing's wrong with Josh Norman. He didn't know what his agent was doing in that meeting. And if Jerry Richard or Josh Richardson, Richardson, the owner of uh, the Panthers, I'm blanking on his first name, if the owner had any respect and meant what he means with like the whole family thing, he would call up Josh Norman and talk to him directly because Josh Norman wants to play in Carolina. Then it comes out like a day later that maybe Josh Norman knew what his agent was doing, but then there was other people saying that he didn't. It was a just really confusing situation until the Panthers just said, and I don't know if this is 100% true, maybe they were just saying it to finalized the decision, but they said, yeah, we needed to make money. We needed to make room cap-wise, and we got rid of them. And it was just one of those things where I'm like, wow, this is, like, really confusing. Usually it's for sure player did this, team got mad because of that, boom, you're gone. It wasn't like that in this situation. It doesn't make sense to me, too, from the Panthers' standpoint. When you look at what got this team where it was – Cam Newton did great things, and this was one of the highest score. I think they were the highest scoring offense uh, in the league. But the defense is really what put them in these great situations. Mm -hmm. Cam Newton makes dumb mistakes, and that's okay when you have a great defense. Rex Grossman played in a Super Bowl, guys. Dumb mistakes are forgivable when you have a great defense. So now you get rid of one of the best parts of that defense, which is already starting to kind of, you know, lose some of those pieces. And Cam Newton's just going to be, you know, his mistakes are not going to be forgivable anymore because you don't have a star like, you know, like Norman here taking the ball back if you give the ball away or stealing the ball and giving your quarterback another chance to make it happen. Just doesn't make sense to me at all. You, at all. You, didn't, you don't just get rid of one of the best defensive pieces. You got rid of the heart and soul. You got rid of the heart and soul with it because when you're looking at that team, the Carolina Panthers, you look at both sides, you look at the offense, you look at the defense. Where's the energy coming from? It's not gonna, I, honestly, in my opinion, yeah, everyone's gonna be is is talking about Cam Newton, you know, dabbing all that this bullshit that who knows what it is, why he does it, anything like that. Just takes the world by storm. No one knows what they're doing. But look at the defense. I mean, that's what kept that team going. Look at the Giants game. That just heart and like. Not really, that game was a little bit different, but that kind of attitude from that game on defense, where did it come from? Mm -hmm. Josh Norman, and one of the things, before I say this, Mark, I want to just mention, you are right, Carolina led the league in scoring 31.3 points per game, a total of 500 points scored last season, but some people are going out there and saying the main one of the main reasons why Norman chose the Redskins is who does he get to see now twice a year? His good old buddy, OBJ. Yeah. That could be one reason. Another reason why I would pick the Redskins, if I really had to think of a reason why, 
The Cowboys, yeah, you're getting Romo and Bryant back, but your defense sucks. You don't have Greg Hardy, good. You don't need him. But really, Gregory and Lawrence, they're going to be suspended for the first part of this season. That pass rush ain't going to be there. Could put Dallas into a hole. The Eagles, we don't know how the fuck they're going to play. They just gave away the Neither farm. Neither do they. They just gave away the farm, pissed off their number one quarterback just to get a rookie quarterback. And the Redskins are sitting there, Kirk Cousins at the helm, coming off of his best season. And they're a team that, to me, I mean, it's like, okay, if we can stop the Giants, maybe we can make it back to the playoffs. I guess I just don't see necessarily, maybe you guys, you, you know, do, but I don't see the draw with Washington. I don't either. Washington, it's not, to no. me, it's, it's a very, yes, it's a very boring team. It doesn't necessarily need to be Dallas. I would not want to go to Dallas. There's mm-hmm. too, There are too many stars, and they're not in the good sense. But it's just, it's blah. It's a blah team. Washington well, it, is very blonde, boring. To it's me. not even really a team that. Yes, they won their division. They squeaked into winning their division. Didn't take much. But they're not really a team that I do see as truly being on the upward trend. No. I, I see them as just being kind of the mediocre ground here. Honestly, it's Dallas and New York from this division, the mm-hmm. bottom feeders from last year, who are going to be the good teams who are competing to win this one. Although we do always say NFC least is up for grabs every year. It is. That's why we call it the NFC least. But honestly, I I am very, very, very high on the New York Giants next year. And the Dallas Cowboys are not as bad of a team once they have number one and number two. Of course, being Des Bryant and Tony Romo, healthy and Mm -hmm. playing. It's just, you go to a place where you're not going to get back to that Super Bowl. You know who I really thought he was going to sign with? Maybe it's just because of where we live, but... Man, like once it was like the Panthers pulled the tender, there was a part of me that said, he's going to be a fucking bear. Knowing my luck as a Vikings fan, mm-hmm. Josh Norman is going to be in that kind of just that bear blue with the C on his head, and I'm going to be like, great, they've got Tillman back. Well, in all yeah. honesty, I, I thought about that for a, for a very split second when I saw that. I'm thinking, okay, what have the Bears been doing this whole offseason, trying to retool this defense? Could it have been something that maybe they thought about? Yeah, but are the Bears ever going to give someone a five-year, $75 million contract? You know. Well, and no. I think that Ryan Smart Pace— Smart move not to. Yeah, Ryan, oh, absolutely. Ryan Pace is a guy where he hasn't made that kind of decision for the Bears, and he's not going to. He's not going to give a guy, oh, you had a great season last year. Nobody knew Josh Norman's name before last season. Mm-hmm. I sure as hell no. didn't. And Ryan Pace isn't going to— bet the farm or bet what they're building, especially on a Bears team that has the se- – you guys have the second easiest schedule this year. So that's why okay, it's like, okay, now I can understand why Josh Norman didn't go to the Bears. But, I mean, <laughs> back to the Redskins, it's like I kind of think of – remember the big deal they made when Deshaun Jackson came to the Redskins? Yep. How's that panned out? I mean, yeah, he's been – all right, I guess. I mean, he's their, he's their number one wide receiver. Yeah. He's their number one wide receiver, but, but mean, would be a number two or three on any other team. Yeah, but, I mean, at this point, he's aging. And, like, Pierre Garçon, I mean, he was great when he was with the Colts. Now it's like, where are you, old man? Mm-hmm. I think that with with the Redskins, what they needed to do is they were probably told their general manager, you know, Dan, and Daniel Snyder was probably like, we need to make a splash mm-hmm. because we're so boring. Because we're so dull, we need to make a splash. We need mm-hmm. to get our fan base excited. I think that's what happens sometimes with some of these teams. They need to go out. They need to make a splash. They need to make something happen so the owner's happy. Then the fans are happy at least for a couple of weeks or you know for for a couple of months because oh we made a huge we got the big guy we got the big name well, now he needs to go and yeah. produce and will he go and produce who knows plus Kirk Cousins right now is getting the fans excited. This is just another way to go. Look, we're here. We're ready. You know, it's not the truth, but they're going to come out to their fans and say, we're ready to go. But I, I just want to take a moment to look at the actual schedule. For one reason, to see all the stars that Norman gets to go up against, but also to point out that this is not a Washington Redskins team that has a cakewalk schedule. This is a team that looks like they're probably going to be struggling to get mm-hmm. to 500 or above 500. Well, I mean, you look at the quarterbacks they got to play. Big Ben, it's Romo the, twice a you year. Look at the wide receivers he's going to go against. He's going to go against Dez. He's going to go against Antonio Brown. A.J. Uh, Green. A.J. Green. He's going to go up against Alshon Jeffrey. He's going, of course, OBJ mm-hmm. twice a year. Mm-hmm. Tons of 
challenging guys to go up against. Even Jordy Nelson he's going to have to go up against uh, with Aaron Rodgers there. This is not going to be an easy team to get into the playoffs. And, I mean, the one thing, it's quarterbacks and wide receivers. I'm looking right through it. Like you said, Antonio Brown, then Dez, and OBJ. Those are the first three wide receivers with Big Ben, Romo, and Elite Manning or same Manning, Equal Equal Manning. Manning. I forgot what we call him here. Equal Manning in New York. You got to go up against Cam Newton on Monday Night Football in Week 15. I don't. The the only easy game on the schedule I see for Josh Norman is Week Four, which is not. I mean, the obviously. I, I don't want to discredit Whoa, those this. Browns wide receivers are dangerous. <laughs> They're great. However, he's obviously wait, a however, competitor. Though, he wants to play challenging teams, mm-hmm. so I don't want to discredit that part. But it's just saying that it's not like this is the team that's going in to the Super Bowl right now. Watch, yeah. and this will be the team that we'll watch. We'll, we'll bash Ricky, them here, yeah. and then I just gotta. You know what? I'll just pick them to win the Super Bowl when we make our picks, and then kiss of death, they won't go anywhere. Problem that's how solved. it works. I just so looking just honestly looking at the schedule. And this is really, really early to make a call like this, so people stop yelling at me already. Don't make official No, no. Don't make official record picks but until I'm, after this. I'm just weekend. saying like six to eight wins is good for the mm-hmm. Washington Redskins with this schedule, with the talented teams they have to go against if they were playing today. Well, in the way I see it, I know Brandon, you hate the draft, so kinda plug your ears for two seconds. I'm gonna add a receiver onto the schedule because there's two teams that are on this schedule that could draft this guy, mm-hmm. either the Lions or the Giants. There's a chance Laquan Treadwell could be added to this schedule. For sure. And it's like, okay, boom. Now on top of all these wide receivers, you have to go ahead and play the number one rookie from this draft class wide receiver-wise. Yeah. So obviously he wants to. He, he's not going to shy away from competition. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a fact there. That's not what I'm trying to get at. I'm just trying to get at that this was not the team to pick. No, it wasn't. It, I mean, you picked the right team instead of the 49ers, that's for sure. But I think the Saints would have been a better choice. I even think if you were willing to take less money, there's a lot of better teams you could have gone and played for. Well, we'll start with you, Mark, and this I will wrap it up. If you were Josh Norman, who would you pick? We'll go, you, we'll go Mark, Brandon, then back to me before we go into... The Bradford stuff. All right, I want to do two things. One, I'm going to pick a homer pick, and then two, I'm going to pick a more realistic, not real pick. Uh, but the Chicago Bears would be a good pick, obviously, because Fuller's not the he's not the guy. Fuller automatically gets bumped back to cornerback two if you get there. You get to play some good teams. You get to play on a team that's rising up a little bit, and you get to be part of the revitalization effort. Um, you know whether that's going to be considered. Trevathan's team or your team essentially mm-hmm. at that point who knows but the one I would have really loved to see I would love to see him play opposite Patrick Peterson how amazing would that have been they need a cornerback they need a cornerback pretty badly there's a big hole there Cromartie's not there anymore so I, I think that just would have been great that would have been the new you know LOB that would have been the new Carolina Panthers what if he went and played for the LOB I know Caproom probably wouldn't allowed him to but Man, that would have been something. It would have been terrifying. What about you, Brandon? I would have said, uh, my number one is I would have said stay with the Panthers. I would have said stay with the Panthers because they were very good last year, and that was with a wide receiver core that was hurt. And, I mean, Ted Ginn was your number one guy. Ted Ginn was your number one receiver. You get Kelvin Benjamin back. Um, you still have a strong defense. You're you're the anchor of that defense if you stay, and you're getting, I mean, how much money was he getting from what he have been getting from the franchise tag? I mean, a lot of money because the franchise tag doesn't come with you know five million. Mm-hmm. So I I would have said stay there, or you know <clears throat> he probably could have gone to he probably could have gone to the Houston Texans. They're all about you know throwing out mm-hmm. uh, lots of yeah. money, especially this offseason. The, they just got Brock DeCockadoodle. But I'm saying that mm-hmm. that would have been another great name on a defense that already had JJ. Mm-hmm. But the one thing I do want to say about your staying with the Panthers, there is an article I'm looking at right now on ESPN where Josh Norman did try to stay with the Panthers and yeah. at the last minute tried to either sign the franchise tag or work out a one-year deal. And Norman said that the Panthers GM, Dave Gettleman, said that, hey, it's too late. Mm-hmm. And he blamed the former agent 
the exact quote from Norman was, my agent called them up and said if they wanted to do something like a one-year market value deal, he wanted to come back. They said they weren't willing to, so we had to do what we had to do. My hands were tied in the whole thing. Yeah. To me, there's one team you should have went to, and that's that's the Chicago Bears. Because like Mark said, you could be a part of the revitalize, just the building of this defense. I hate to say it because I'm a Vikings fan and I want to win the division and go back to the playoffs, but our division's going to be black and blue all year. It's going to be between the Bears, the Vikings, and the Packers. Sorry, Lions, you get left out, but we're going to beat the crap out of each other this mm-hmm. year. But again, you say you say the Bears, but again, yeah, it would be great to see him go there. You know, as a Bears fan, it would be great to see him go there. But if he was if he was getting five million seventy five five years seventy five million dollars from the Redskins, the Bears will not. Oh, he would not take that. I know, but, the but Bears I don't. Wouldn't I, have gave but at this point, I don't money. even know. I don't know if he would have gone for anything less. Yeah, because he thinks he's the best. I'm just saying that, like, I would have even taken less money to play in Chicago because of what John Fox is doing in Chicago. The mm. guys. That they're well, the guy in. typically goes to a Super Bowl in his second year. I'm just, just saying. saying. I mean, you've been he's hundred percent so far. It freaks me out because I still want my Vikings to do well and I mm-hmm. want to make the playoffs. Like I said, I've said it before. I'm going to say it now after seeing the schedules again. I know that the official picks for me won't come until after the draft, but I feel very strongly that we're going to see three playoff teams from the North this year. I just want to say one thing about the Panthers. Before we before we put this to bed, okay, they were the clear favorites to go to the Super Bowl, like mm-hmm. the early favorites. Losing Josh Norman makes it question mark. Now who's going to be that new favorite? There is not a clear cut favorite that anymore. Whole, that whole division is up for grabs now. It's I don't know. I wouldn't say the whole division's up for grabs. Well, to me, it's which but other the NFC team, is. It's which other team in that division? Atlanta, New Orleans, Tampa is going to make that next step now to make sure they can overtake the Panthers. It might not happen, but it could. I think that if you're talking about a, a favorite, possibly, maybe the Arizona Cardinals. You know, they, they didn't do well when they played the Panthers last year. I mean, smoked. Mm-hmm. But uh, Palmer's last I, ride. I think I think the Cardinals, th- that offense, explosive. David Johnson, if he plays how he played towards the end of the season, the guy's a beast. Very good. Lots of talent there. And they do have a very good defense. So I think that the Arizona Cardinals could be, especially if you're talking just the NFC, uh, I would definitely say the Cardinals. Overall, I, th- I think the Cardinals still could be, maybe not a, a clear favorite right now, but a favorite nonetheless. So, okay, we're going to move on, and we talked for a while on Josh Norman. Now we're going to switch things up, and we're going to stay in the NFC least, but we're going to talk about somebody who wants to get out of the NFC least, hopefully, and that's Sammy Bradford of the Philadelphia Eagles. And I'm looking at two articles, guys. The first one by Sal Pal of uh, ESPN. Headline reads, Sam Bradford's agent, colon, would be nice if Eagles shared draft plan. And another one I'm looking at from USA Today. The headline just reads, Sam Bradford needs to quit the spoiled brat routine and play football. Guys, where are you on? Brandon, we'll start with you. Where are you on the Sammy Bradford trade drama? You know, I'll be honest, you know, at first when I was when I was coming into the podcast, I was thinking, yeah, you know, the guy just needs to kind of simmer down. You know, this is this is a business and if they want to try and do better than you, they're going to try and do better than you. But then then Mark, you know, you were I was talking with you about it and it does make sense, you know, in the fact that you know, you're there. You you just were were traded for last season under Chip Kelly, who's no longer there. You were the man when Chip Kelly was there. He's gone now. They want to push out anything associated with Chip Kelly, and you're left in the middle, and that sucks. Um, so if I was if I was Bradford, I would probably want to get out too. I would just probably like give me some, you know, show me some respect and, and get rid of me and send me to a team that I could have a chance with. Um, so I, I think that he's probably not, he probably doesn't need to be too vocal about it. You know, you'd like to keep some of these things internal, I, I think, for both for both parties. Um, but I think they should probably just, they, sh- they should trade him. I, I mean, the guy does have some potential, uh, but it's unfortunate because he's been in the league now, you know how many how many years, and he was with the Rams. It didn't work out there. Now he's with the Eagles. 
didn't work out there. I mean, how many times, how many teams are going to have to go to before it really works out? And hey, you know, Alex Smith, the guy was a lost cause in San Francisco, goes to the Chiefs, and he is pretty good. Mm -hmm. I mean, he is pretty darn good. So maybe with Bradford, former Eagle coach uh, Andy Reid, exactly. So maybe. I don't know. Maybe he just needs to go to the right spot for well, him, the right maybe fit for him. Maybe he needs to go to Michigan, you know, what University of Michigan. Harbaugh? Yeah. I was going to just ask you, what do you think, Mark? What are you uh, saying about this? Well, yeah, I mean, Brandon kind of alluded a little bit to what I was saying coming mm -hmm. in. I, I don't fault Sam Bradford in the slightest for this because he was signed big boy money to be the starting quarterback. He, for all he believed, he was the starting quarterback going forward. And then they come in and they do this. And you can't blame the Eagles for doing it either. Neither side is to blame for this. But it's just a huge disconnect and it shows organizational problems. Mm -hmm. Because I think what agent what uh, or what Sam Bradford's agent saying is completely accurate. Yeah, it would be nice if they told us what they were planning to do. Well, and I that mean, would be great. The exact I'm gonna throw out some exact quotes. The first one from the agent says, as they were making this plan, it would have been nice if they had told him about it. And the one that I really like is when he says, basically our contention is that the team could have used the draft picks, the ones that they gave up, on offensive and defensive players this season to win this season. If the plan was to build for the future, where does that leave Sam this year? End quote. And I mean, for me, I it's easy to say, you know what, Sam, shut up and play football because we've kind of gotten this whole um, just kind of image of Sam Bradford being the whiny baby. Like this is the same thing. He demanded the trade to get out of St. Louis. When the Rams were in St. Louis, he gets out of St. Louis. Now he's demanding a trade now. So immediately people want to throw that stop being a baby. There's no crying in football, play the game kind of a thing. However, you got to look at it where, they didn't tell him anything. I mean, it would be different if they said, okay, Sam, just want to let you know, we're going to trade these picks to move up to get a quarterback. And at that point, be a man and tell Sam Bradford either you're out or tell him you are going to have the right to win the job between you and Chase, and we're just picking a guy to develop under you. Yeah. Because we don't even know if that's going to be the plan. If they get a guy like Carson Wentz, or even if they get Jared Goff, because we still don't know who's going number one, I would say both of these guys still have to develop. They should. I mean, none of them should be thrown into the fire week one of this season, and you have two capable guys just draft a quarterback to let Sam Bradford and Chase Daniels fight it out. But now Sam Bradford wants out of town and ain't even showing up for offseason. But the thing that really doesn't make sense to me is that they've already put a decent amount of money into Sam Bradford and into Chase Daniel. Now you're wanting to get a th a third quarterback to spend more money on? it. To me, it doesn't really make sense. Like, Philly, what's your plan? Did, did you know what your plan was when you were getting Chase Daniel, when you were allowing Bradford to be on for this long? I mean, I, I don't think they really know what they want to do. Mm -hmm. They know they want to be number two, so they have options. But I don't really think they know what they want to do. I think they put like $34 million in between Bradford and Daniel, and there's just no clear path. And a team with no clear path will be unsuccessful. I don't think they had any idea that they would be in the position to get a quarterback in the draft. I mean, they were 15, and then they happened to trade with the Miami Dolphins. Then they happened to be able to trade with the Cleveland Browns solely because the Rams traded above the Cleveland Browns. They had no idea they were going to be able to get this because the Browns were going to take the first one, 49ers were going to take the second one. That's how it was going to go. They were not going to get the opportunity to do that. And some of those teams in the middle there who have older guys may have stolen one of these ones. So they had no idea this was going to happen. So I don't blame the Eagles for looking that way and saying, all right, Bradford, we have to give you this money. Chase Daniels, we need a backup quarterback because we all know Sam Bradford. He's not that good. And, you know, he was the third worst quarterback in the league last year. And his durability is questionable. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I don't blame them for that. And then saying, whoa, we have a chance at one of these guys because, the, you know, the Cleveland Browns want to talk with us. All right, cool. Let's make this happen. We can We can go for the future because we believe in this guy. Uh, you know, whoever they're going to draft. But the thing that is the issue 
and shows kind of poor foresight in this case mm-hmm. is they didn't give themselves an out. Who the hell wants to take Sam Bradford's contract? He, like I said, the third worst quarterback in the NFL last year. And you're going to expect somebody to pay this much money for him? I mean, there's some desperate teams for quarterbacks, but I don't know how desperate they are. Here's the thing I want to put in perspective, though. And I know that, like you said, Sam Bradford, third worst quarterback last year. Colin Kaepernick was a lot better than Sam Bradford. However, the thing to look at contract-wise is Sam Bradford's contract is like, I want to say, $2 million less average-wise than Colin Kaepernick. And also... He's got a lot less years. He's a free agent come mm-hmm. 2018. So maybe a team that's like, hey, you know what? We can trade maybe a fourth-round pick, fourth and a fifth at the most, try to pick him up just to have somebody competent on yeah. our team for mm-hmm. just those the team that like needs a quarterback. What I think is going to happen, someone's going to go down in preseason. Somebody's going down in preseason. And as soon as that happens, boom, we're picking up the phone, we're calling the Eagles, and we're going to try to figure it out because I can't remember who I texted it to. If I texted it to our entire group chat for MVP, if it was just you and Brandon, if Sean was in there too. But the first thing I said was when I saw that, oh, Sam Bradford wants a trade, I said if the Eagles are smart, they're calling New York like five minutes ago. For sure. That's who who they're calling because – they don't want them to get a Fitzpatrick, a Hoyer, before they can trade Sam mm-hmm. Bradford to the Jets. Yeah, exactly. And, that I mean, honestly, I think that might be the only realistic option. I mean, sure, the Denver Broncos, but the Denver Broncos didn't want to pay Colin Kaepernick, who has been to multiple NFC Championship games, who's been to a Super Bowl, who nearly won a Super Bowl. They're not going to pay that much money for Sam Bradford, who hasn't done shit his entire career. True. He got injured. That's I, about the most he I did. Could, I, I, I said this to you guys before we went on. I could see him possibly going to San Francisco because San Francisco is so on the fence right now with Colin Kaepernick. I think, um, what's what's their GM, Trent Balky, whatever you mm-hmm. call him. Um, I don't know how to say that last name. Balk, Balkay. Balky. B-A-A-L-K-E. Balky. Yeah, okay. I think you had it. That's what we'll go with. No one really cares, though, because they all hate him. Um, but uh, <laughs> I... They're not sold on Colin Kaepernick. They mm-hmm. want someone to take him away so they have an, a, a vacancy whereas so they Chip, can get somebody else. Whereas Chip Kelly's probably sitting there going, no, 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 I want to work with this guy. This guy may be the guy who can fit my system. And but I did, he wanted Sam Bradford. And I, did, yes. and I did look it up. The average salary for Sam Bradford is $17.5 million compared to $19 million average mm-hmm. for Kaepernick. Kaepernick's not a free agent until 2021. Sam Bradford has 2018. After the 2017 season, boom, goodbye. You're an unrestricted free agent. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I mean, Sam Bradford doesn't want to show up. I don't think he... I think if it really comes to it, I think he will eventually show up. No, I say pull the Carson Palmer. Retire? Threaten to retire and then come, and then come out of retirement. It. Yeah. <laughs> and then do it. And come out of retirement. Stay I mean, retired. I mean, Carson Palmer was a different animal than Sam Bradford, but mm-hmm. look what happened to him. He held out, said, you know what? I ain't going to come. Eventually got traded. Well, you now have, he's even then you have to hope Arizona. that Chase Daniels or Carson Wentz slash Jared mm-hmm. Goff becomes as good as Andy Dalton. But see, the the problem is, is that with, with Carson Palmer, what might happen is you may have to go play a year with the – Oakland Raiders. That's true. And then go to a good team. Forgot however, about, I forgot however about Raider the Raiders, year. God bless them, are I think in good hands with Derek Carr and are and are on a good track. But uh, with with Sam Bradford though, I think at this point, no one knows what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. The Eagles don't know what's going to happen. Bradford doesn't know what's going to happen. His agent doesn't know. They have no idea. And I think right now they're scrambling to try. The Eagles are trying are scrambling to try and find ways to be able to shed this contract. Yeah. And. Other teams, I, I mean, I wonder if there's any teams going to them now, knocking on their door saying, hey, you know, what could we do with Bradford? You eat some of it, we'll take a little bit and see what happens there. Yeah, I mean, that is the only thing that makes sense that some team wants to do that. I don't know. I mean, maybe if it's not going to be the 49ers because of Chip Kelly, mm-hmm. if it's not going to be the Broncos, I just don't see who else it could possibly be. The Broncos are the prime choice. 
they are the prime them and maybe the Jets. They're not. They can't I just work think they're not going to pay that much money. And the Jets, oh, he's going to have to take a pay cut to go. I mean, to the Jets. The thing about the Jets is they don't want a guy like Bradford. They want a guy like Hoyer who they can use to threaten Fitzpatrick to mm-hmm. just sign that contract. I, yeah. I think they're going to get Fitzpatrick to sign it without having to threaten. I think he will eventually. I mean, they. They. I think the Jets uh, internally feel like Fitzpatrick is going to sign soon. Um, I don't think they need to threaten him. He he will sign. He had a great season last year. The Jets had a good year, minus you know what happened at the end. But uh, I, I I'm very interested in this. It, it's it's one of the stories that I didn't think, I didn't think this was going to happen. And then when it came out, I'm like, this would happen to the Eagles. You know, they try and get things straight. Yeah, but they can't get but things straight. Isn't this a proper ending to Sam Bradford's <laughs> disappointment of a career? That they're going, yeah, you know what? I know we just paid you, but eh, you can you can be number two. <laughs> you could be number two. But that's the thing. If they if they want him to be the stopgap, all they have to do is tell him so. And that's what the agent's getting at. Just tell us what you guys want to do, and then we can figure out what we want to do. You know what's the funniest part about this entire thing? And this will be the last Kamash. thing we say about this. It's funny because a month ago, actually I'll click on it so I can get the exact timestamp. March 3rd was when we posted the segment on YouTube. Me and Mark actually talked about, is Sam Bradford smart for the Eagles? Or is his signing, when he got the extension, smart for the Eagles? And now, just over a month later, we're talking about him wanting to be traded out of Philadelphia. But we're going to move on to a team that could possibly need a quarterback for the first four, the first, the first four weeks mm-hmm. of the NFL season the New England Patriots, and Tom Brady. His suspension is back. A U.S. appeals court has said, you know what? You are suspended for four games. And the one thing before we get into how this affects the Patriots, what do they do? I'm looking at a CBSSports.com article, and in it it says that the owners aren't happy. Two of the NFL owners talked to Jason Cole of Bleacher Report and told them that the four-game suspension for Brady is too harsh. Are you guys on the side of the NFL? Mark, we'll start with you. Side of the NFL, side of the owners, should Brady be suspended? Uh, you know, I, I think that coming off of the actual scandal, I, I was like, yeah, okay, there needs, there should be something. But at the same time, I always said there was no smoking gun. There was no definitive proof that Tom Brady actually did something. Because he smashed his phone. He gave it the Aaron Hernandez treatment. Yeah, exactly. There was no actual evidence that something had happened. And I don't know if they have somehow found some evidence somewhere what has happened. I stopped paying attention because I stopped caring about this story <laughs> that much. Um, I was about ready for it to be over. But at this at this point, I don't even care anymore. Roger Goodell's already having some of his disciplinary powers taken away. Mm-hmm. The Patriots need to say, fine, we'll just take it. Just stop trying this because what what's going to happen if it gets taken away again? Another year goes by and we have to see if we're going to possibly have yet another four-game suspension for Tom Brady. Just take the damn suspension. Use it as an opportunity to see what you have in Jimmy Garoppolo because you got two more years left of him. you got to see if you want to keep him around. If you want to, maybe it's three more years because Ricky's no, telling me it's three. No, I was going to say there's three options that he oh, can okay. do. He can either fight it and go for a petition for a rehearing. He can accept the damn suspension. Or option three, which is kind of outside, he can look for a settlement between himself and the NFL. I just think just take something. I mean, you can try and get like maybe two or three games out of it instead. But if I'm the Patriots organization, I'm saying great. We've only got about two years left of Jimmy Garoppolo's contract, and then we have to decide, are we going to let him walk? Yeah, but they got 20 years of Tom Brady. Yeah, exactly. Play until he's 60. Eventually, Tom Brady is going to not be there. So what's going to happen next? And that eventually is going to probably come up pretty quickly. Um, This is the best time to see what you've got, at least for trade bait. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is so stupid. This is dumb. Roger Goodell sucks. It's okay for him to walk around and praise himself as the high, almighty power, but he sucks. He's horrible. And for him to try and do this and and coming out that, I yes, I'm very happy with the ruling. Well, of course you are. The guy is a scum. And the fact that he stands up there and tries to proclaim how we need integrity in the league, he is far from 
integrity in the league. And uh, I, I don't think that Roger Goodell can stand up there and give out a suspension for something that you don't know if he did anything. And if he did, he deflated a fucking football. No one cares. You beat the Colts, and the Colts still 45 only... to 10. Yeah, they only scored one touchdown. Who cares? Who flipping cares? If this is the type of story that's going to leak in, you know, leak in, find its way in the NFL, this has no... It should not be in the NFL. It should not be a story. It should not be a scandal. It should not be anything. I don't know why someone looked into this because it's so stupid. It's so dumb. And the fact that we're still talking about it a year later and that it's an issue, why would you even continue? If I'm Roger Goodell and I'm the NFL, I just eat it. Mm -hmm. I lost. Tom Brady won. Tom Brady will always win because he's Tom Brady. He's the GOAT. He is. And the fact that Roger Goodell continued to fight and send this up to another court, a higher court, so that he could win, he's a little bitch. What Roger Goodell needs to do, he needs to get on the phone, he needs to call an ex-NBA commissioner in the name of David Stern, and he needs to just ask him, can you give me any advice on how to win? How to win against the players? Because all I can think about is, I think of the two differences. Like, Goodell, whatever he does, he's hated for it. David Stern, he was able to win. The thing I think of with NBA side is the Chris Paul trade. He was supposed to go to L.A. Stern vetoed it so that Chris Paul could go to the Clippers and make the Clippers what they are today and not make L.A. the best team again in Los Angeles. Goodell just needs to, like you said, just eat it. Or now Tom Brady on his side, you know what? Just eat it. No. Sit the four games. No. Because no. the way I see it, this is how it's going to play out. We're not going to get it reduced. He's going to miss the four games. If you're a Patriot fan, don't fucking complain about it. Because like Mark said, you get to see what you have in this kid called Jimmy Garoppolo, as some of them call him. I know his name's really Garoppolo, but I like saying Garoppolo. You get to see what you got in this kid. It's four games. Yeah, you play the Cardinals. You might lose that one. Yeah, you may lose to the Texans. But guess what? Even if you go 2-2 and and beat the Dolphins and the Bills at home, you get to come back week five. Tom Brady, a pissed-off Tom Brady, gets to come back and shit all over the Browns. My my whole thing literally. Is, my, my whole thing is is that it, it, this is about this is more about not a suspension. I, it, the suspension doesn't matter. It's to two me. egos it's, at it's, this point. But it's about principle. You know, it's about the principle of the matter, and it's the fact that they don't have any real evidence around Tom Brady to say yes, Tom Brady was involved in this. He physically. Uh, deflated the football himself in a back room with these two other assistants, and you know he did. They don't have that. They don't have him on film. They don't have I'm gonna quotes. Throw, they don't have anything. I'm like gonna that. throw out an analogy, and this is what I feel fits this to a T. Goodell's the principal. Tom Brady's the most popular kid in school. Goodell wants to nail the most popular kid in school for something. Just in. Just to nail him. Like, you know what? I want to knock you down a peg. And for for the longest time, he hasn't been able to. Last season, tried to. Oh, nope. Your ban is gone. I'm playing week one. Not a not a boo-boo. Stick your head in doo-doo. To quote Daniel Tosh. And now Goodell is still trying to get this kid. And I say kid, Tom Brady, the popular kid in school. Well, let me tell you, though, is that the popular kid in school will always be loved. Well, that principle will always be hated. Well, yeah, no matter is. what happens, that's how it always mm-hmm. will be. And you're talking about he should call David Stern. He should just call Adam Silver. Adam Silver is very much loved by uh, everyone well, in the I NBA. Was, I was using the analogy of Goodell doesn't want to be liked. Goodell doesn't care if he's liked. Oh, no. I no, think, he enjoys I think the Roger, booze. I think, I, I think Roger Goodell very he much. He enjoys getting booed, like you said, yeah. booed at the draft. No, I think, I think he very much wants to be liked, but knows he never will. I just think for for this part of the conversation, I think it's a good thing for the Patriots. They start slow nearly every season. Mm -hmm. Just give it an opportunity to see what Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be, because otherwise you start you know you start getting trade offers, or at the very least he's going to be the future. 
You don't have a future right now, and you're not going to draft one with, you know, yes, you have a ton of picks, but they're all late. Sean Anderson will kill me if I do not throw this out, but he's been telling me all day today that the Patriots need to go out and in the sick. I'm going to be honest. The reason why he's saying the sixth round is because this kid played at Michigan this past year mm-hmm. and wore the number 10. That's what Tom Brady wore when he was at Michigan. But Jake Rudock, he wants them to go get Jake from Michigan in the sixth round to come in. I don't even think they need that. If they want to grab a quarterback to be behind Garoppolo while Brady is suspended, if the suspension holds, because I thought it was going to hold last year, and it didn't. If I was the Patriots, I wouldn't even draft a quarterback because you have Garoppolo, who's young. I would just go out there and, oh, Brian Hoyer, you fit our system. You used yeah, to be welcome here. Back. Just welcome back. You're the third stringer. He, I don't think Brian Hoyer wants to be a third stringer. Uh, eventually, but if you as we get him, close enough, he's going to take a job. If you give him the opportunity... Eh, there's a few job offers out there, really, starting you, jobs. But you he's got just, the opportunity to possibly let, start. You could just let Jamarcus Russell be the third stringer he's for free. free. I, I think you just <laughs> I think you just bring Brian Hoyer in for week three, start him so he can play against the Texans. Yeah. <laughs> is uh, it week three? Is that I think, I think, the I think they're, they're week three, yeah. If only he could play week five against the Browns. <laughs> That'd be fun, too. Have <laughs> him play week three, have him play week five. Yeah, even though it. Tom Brady's back, Tom Brady's going to sit on the Tom bench. Brady, but, Hoyer's going to play this game. But Tom game. Brady, would he's not like Peyton Manning. Tom Brady, if you're up by 70, which no, they might be, no, he, Tom Brady he'll would, sit in the fourth. No, Tom Brady will say, this is my job. Tom Brady... He knows what it's like to get your job taken from <laughs> you. He took someone's job. Mr. Steal your job. That's not He's Brady. never going to let anybody come in there and take that. He's going to never let anyone literally, there is there Literally, there is a quote from Tom Brady where they asked him before, even in practice, do you let the backup come in? No. How many reps does the backup get? He said zero. Yeah. He gets none. They're my reps. I'm the starter. See, Gotta love that, him. That's the thing. If he's suspended this offseason... Garoppolo's going to have no. to get those reps. If I remember right, you can but correct me if I'm wrong down below. The, I think Belichick no, should correct. say, no, you're wrong. People, correct fit. me if I'm wrong in the comment section, but I'm pretty sure last offseason he no, was still taking the reps. I know. I'm just saying Belichick needs to fucking man up and say, Tom, you're suspended. Sit down or take less reps. Put your Uggs back on. Put your Uggs. Play in your Uggs because you're suspended. And I just want to let everyone know that it's okay if he has Uggs because they do make Uggs for men. <laughs> I had to check that one year because um, mm-hmm. I was pretty sure they were only for, for women. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're apparently not. They're not. Um, so, uh, so Tommy Boy, yeah. That's good. I, he's, he's rocking them. No, and, I, and, it's, and it's completely okay for him to do I that. really think that this is actually a good thing for the Patriots. They have to see what Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be eventually. No, they do. This is a great time to do it. And I said the you know last year that the era of Jimmy Garoppolo, if he's the real deal, has to begin at some point. Mm-hmm. We saw it with Peyton Manning. With it was Brock Osweiler coming in, and for the future of the Broncos, they should have just let Brock Osweiler be the starting quarterback. Yes, you won a Super Bowl. I get it, but your team has fallen apart since. But Peyton Manning got to Elway it. He did. He did. And I, I called it when he first got to Denver. I said it was going to happen eventually. Just like every year it kept not happening. But eventually Tom Brady has to be done and a new quarterback has to come in. Do you want to be the Denver Broncos with no quarterback except for Mark Sanchez? And a lot of people think that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the quarterback of the future for the New England Patriots. I'm not one of those people. I don't think that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the quarterback of the future. He's just been a serviceable backup for the two times in his life when he's had a play. Well, I mean, the reason that is is because I said Tom Brady's going to play till he's 60, guys. Well, you don't have to overreact here. Tom Brady's going to be there forever. But see, here's the thing is that Tom Brady as long as he is there, he is playing. Doesn't not matter how well he's doing, how not well he's doing. He is going to play. Could be out there he, in a walker. He could literally be on the injury report as doubtful. That fucker is playing. Yeah, he's going to be know? out there in a walker or a wheelchair when he's older, with the oxygen tank. That's how old he's going to be when playing. But but really, I don't. I mean, Garoppolo's there. He's been there for a while. But but how about this? You know, Brady's going to be out the first four weeks. The Patriots trade for Sam Bradford. 
No. He plays those first four weeks. No. And then they just keep him on no. for when Brady's gone. No, you don't do that. Bradford gets but to they, learn from the best. They only have him for two years. Then he gets to go wherever he wants. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo, you also only have for two years. Sam Bradford was the third worst quarterback in the league. I'm sure Jimmy Garoppolo is <laughs> better than that. We need he was a, probably worse. Than we that. need a counter for how many times Mark has said third worst. Sam Bradford is the third worst he, quarterback. He just wants people to know. It's that incredible <laughs> that he is getting 17 million dollars a year, and he was the third worst quarterback in all of the NFL and probably the CFL as well. Well, we're going to move on to our final topic. I think that puts the to kibosh. To yet another worst quarterback in the NFL. Tom, or We put the kibosh on Tom Brady, and we talked about a quarterback who could be playing in Tom when he comes back from his suspension. I'll tell you one guy who's not coming back, and that's Johnny Football. Guys, the party's over for Johnny Manziel. It's finally done. I, honestly, it, it's, it's, it's really kind of, to me, it's kind of sickening. The, the guy is, is lost. He is lost. He is, and I'm not even talking football because at the end of the day, football is not important when it comes to what's going on with this guy. He is, he's really got some problems here. He's got some real problems, and in the sense of alcohol, drugs, his no respect for anybody, you know, and it's, and women too. And there's this, there's this, I don't know, this this theme where, you know, people, we saw it with Greg Hardy too. You know, you, you, you beat up and, and abuse a woman, and then there will be people, and even you yourself will say, well, you know, I, that's not how, that's not really what happened. You know, it's obviously an over-exaggeration on the woman's part. You, you know, and then I saw Johnny Manziel's lawyer today saying how, yeah, you know, things were actually much different. There's a completely different story. You know, this, this girl really wasn't assaulted. You know, it's all fake. That's so sad that people will are going out of their way then. You know, lawyers are lawyers, but mm-hmm. that people are going out of their way to def- continue to defend Johnny Manziel when he needs a come-to-Jesus moment and people do not defend him and say, what the hell are you doing? Get your shit together. And But the, the thing at the end of the day is he has to do it himself. If he does not do it himself, we clearly saw the Cleveland Browns, they made him go to rehab. He did it. But he didn't get anything out of it. It was forced. Well, it's kind of like the saying goes. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. And another thing I'm, I was thinking of when you were talking, Brandon, it's kind of like a saying I heard. I think I heard this a couple of weeks ago for the first time, and it opened my eyes like, whoa, I never thought about it like that. Yeah, there's. we usually say you're innocent until proven guilty, but usually it's you're guilty until proven innocent with Johnny Manziel, it's exactly what you said. He needs a come-to-Jesus moment, as you said, where somebody needs to say, dude, get your effing shit together, bro. Because the way I see it, and you listen to ESPN, you listen to Fox, whatever you're listening to, we're all saying the same stuff. Comes from wealth. He was a partier growing up. Went to Texas A&M, BMOC, partier on campus. And nobody's ever... He was kind of the kid that could get away with stuff because mommy and daddy had money. Well, now in the real world, when the microscope is on you and the magnifying glass is over you, it's either you're either going to be everything you do is looked at and you're either just going to be looked at or in this case, the sun is shining into that into that magnifying glass and it is burning the ant, which is Johnny Manziel. And it's a train wreck. Somebody needs to tell him, dude, you need to get your shit together. However, it's like I said, you can make him go to rehab. You can't make him get anything out of it, though. And I think my biggest problem, and this is when I knew everything was going downhill, was when, oh, yeah, he's rooming with Josh Gordon. Really? He's crashing on his couch. Really? Is that the guy? Yeah. It's like a saying, when I heard he was crashing on the couch of Josh Gordon, Gorman, Gordon, I'm thinking Josh Norman now, but Josh Gordon, I thought of a line my mom used to tell me as a kid. It's all like people are going to judge you and you got to watch the company you keep because they are going to affect your decisions and what you do. Josh Gordon's not the guy I'd be hanging out with mm-hmm. if I wanted to get help. But hey, it's he clear just he failed doesn't. another drug test. It's yeah. okay. I mean, he doesn't want to get help. That's the big thing. Uh, a few things about Johnny Manziel. I mean, he's obviously that guy who partied a lot in college and was not ready for the party to stop. Mm-hmm. We Everybody, when you go to college 
If you haven't been there yet, if you've already left college, you know that person who was not ready to leave. Usually that guy is the one who stays in your hometown and is a real estate agent. Just drinking beers now. That's that guy. All right, sure. Um, <laughs> but whatever you say, Ricky. Uh, Ricky just got a lot of real estate agents really pissed off at him. Uh, but with that being said, I mean, the things that he was able to get away with in college because he was the dumb college kid and we all forgave that. No one's forgiving that stuff anymore. What I really think is the big situation here, I think once football season starts – that's going to be a big moment for him of either, oh, man, I got to get some stuff together or just this downward spiral really amplifies and he's going to hit rock bottom. It's not going to change. It, it, to me, it's not. I feel like this is the beginning of the end for I mean, Johnny Manziel. It's going to be huge once he sees other people playing football and nobody has any interest in him playing football. And here, here's another thing, though, too. This is sad, but he could still have all these problems. But if he had success— he was being successful right now in the NFL. Greg Hardy. Yeah, I just he, think of that. He he would mm-hmm. he would he would still have a job. The mm-hmm. success would overshadow the problems. But he sucks. He's really mm-hmm. not that good. And for him to ever be good, he needs to put this stuff aside. But he can't do it because he's addicted. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the guy is addicted, but what happens? He's got friends that'll continue to party with him that aren't really friends. They're going to hang around with him while he's got the money, the wealth, the fame, yeah, the girls, all out. that stuff. Yes, exactly. And it will burn out. I mean, that will burn out. We've seen plenty of cases like it before. It happens. But this is just this is just not good. And, you know, I was watching NFL Insiders today, and I think mm-hmm. it was Bill Polian who said, you know, football aside and everything, he said that he has really got to – to, to get himself some help, he said, because right now, no one is going to take him. No one, no one football-wise is going to take him right now with everything that's going on, with all the issues surrounding him, with all the issues he has. And he said what's really a shame is that he was talking with some Cleveland Browns coaches at, towards the end of last season that Manziel was finally getting it. You know, he was finally starting to learn. He was having some appreciation for the game. That's another thing. Johnny Manziel, he does not have appreciation for this game. He walked into what he was a very good college player. I will give him that. He was very successful, very good, fun to watch. But he thought that all the fame and everything that w- that was going to follow him into the NFL, the NFL is a different beast, mm-hmm. and there are some people who just do not get that. And that's exactly what it is. And he thought that that was all going to be okay, everything was going to be fine, they were going to love him, they were going to adore him, they were going to praise him. It's not the case. It's not the case. So he has to find people and surround himself with people who still praise Johnny Manziel. Well, and it's one of those things I feel like, man, we had this conversation and everyone did when the Manziel kind of drama started to begin where they started talking like quarterbacks like Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Drew Brees. And the thing that they'll tell you is, yeah, it's great to have your own personal life and have like fun outside of your job, which is football. But your job is football. And Peyton Manning was like, if I have to study the playbook on a weekend guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to study the playbook and watch film because that is my job. That's what I am getting paid for. That is what puts bread on the table for my family. Yeah. And Johnny Menzel, career is done. Can't wait for the 30 for 30. Um, what if I told it's you just done. money doesn't mean everything? And I really think that it's not surprising to say, you know, that – in some months and some years that we will probably see a TMZ report of like Johnny Manziel dead because this is the path that he's going on. And I really think everything's going to amplify once his, you know, the buddies he's hanging out with the people he used to play with, they're playing football, mm-hmm. they're going back to work and he's still sitting on the couch. Except wondering for jo- what he's going to do, except for Josh Gordon, who will be sitting there with him. Yeah. Um, As they smoke their medicinal, but marijuana. that's the thing. He's going to run out of money too. And then what are you going to do? What happens next? Uh, it's just, it's a horrible down, downward spot. I mean, when his dad is even saying, I'll be surprised if he survives to the end of the year, mm-hmm. that's an issue. That's a huge issue. It's a huge issue. But at the same time, if you're a parent, and again, I don't know everything that the that the Manziel family is doing, and they may be doing it behind closed doors and trying to keep it as private as they can, which good for them. You know, I think that stuff like this should be, you know, as private as possible. You better be helping him. You better be giving him as much support mm-hmm. in the sense of, Johnny, you have got to get help. If they're not doing that, 
That is not a good family. That is but not I don't a think, good family. It, I don't think he's even going to listen to it. If you no, say he's that, not, because, so he's not because someone, so, well, because I mean, uh, again, uh, this really is an opinion. Yeah. If someone is addicted, if someone, you know, it was like that, they, you have to get help on your own. You have to have your mm-hmm. own. Come to Jesus. It's time. I am ready now. You, you can't, people can force you all you want. You're just going to get more upset, more upset, and continue to do the act more and more. Well, I'm going to go ahead, and of course, this is a different kind of level than what we're looking at with Johnny Manziel, but. I'm going to use it. I'm going to let a little bit of personality from myself come out. It's like with me. I love to eat McDonald's. There are times where I go, man, I shouldn't eat that. And then I don't. But yet again, there's every few days where I go back and I eat McDonald's. And I go, man, I shouldn't eat that. But I'm never going to truly stop unless I say myself, this is it. I am going to stop. And this not is do the it. last Big Mac. This is the last. Well, for me, it's chicken nuggets. I love my McNuggets and my McChickens. That's what I get. And my two hash browns. Mm-hmm. That's what I get every time. And I say all the time, man, I shouldn't eat this. But until I literally say and go follow through with it, this is the end, I'm going to probably continue to eat McDonald's. That's just how it's going to work for me. And much like I said, Johnny Manziel could one day end up dead. Ricky, you're going to give yourself a heart attack. You I could. Calm down I on could. The McDonald's. Cl- clogging up those arteries. Yeah. Over okay. Here. All you have to do is pretty much cut out the two hash browns. I love And the, the rest of it, is, it will, will be just fine. Well, then just get the two hash browns. I can't just get two hash browns. It's not enough food. It's not enough food. It's just two hash well, browns. Well, it's, you know, you need to now, I, maybe I, take an extreme here. I know what you're saying, Brandon, but unless I say, you know what, I'm going to follow through with it. I'm going to get the same thing. And that's how it is here. Unless you're going to say, you know what? This is it. I'm done. And then go and get help. We're always going to be looking at Johnny Manziel through this lens. And he's finally done. And I screwed up the 30 for 30 when you mentioned it. Because we had mentioned this before. Yeah. The line is going to be, what if I told you mo money means mo problems? And it's just going to be a shot of, Manzel doing the money sign. I just he when we it's it's a sad story, really. You know, it's a really a sad story. And I hate that we have to talk about it. We don't, I hate that we do. We don't have to. You know what I? You know what I hate? I hate that it's one of the leading uh, NFL storylines. That's what I. But but he's when done it himself. Po- when you're as popular as Johnny Football, here's 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 the thing though is that when he was it was probably. It was probably his junior year in high in high, in college, and you know things, some pictures were coming out of him at parties with you know different girls and stuff like that, and we're thinking, ah, you know, college you stuff. Know, it's a typical stuff. I mean, my gosh, I can't say we all did it in college because some people didn't have fun, but some people had a you know had a had a real had a real blast. Well, it's... but I, but the thing is though is that it, that escalated mm-hmm. into. So much more, and no one, no one back then, I, I think, would have ever thought that it would be this bad, and, and, then, and that he would, and that he would be so irresponsible. Yeah, but the fact too is not only that, but is the fact that he was able to turn around and play on Saturday. He's not doing that and turning around and playing on well, Sunday. I mean, the competition's different. If but he the... was, like you said before, people would be quick to forgive certain things mm-hmm. that he's doing. And the analogy that I think of when. Brandon was just talking was I feel like everybody knows at least one person from high school that turned into this but it's like that guy or that girl that all they do is party in high school and it's like do the stupid kid stuff and it's like oh they're in high school you're a stupid kid it's what you're gonna do and then everybody gets into their like late 20s and you come back and it's like well Johnny's still doing the old stupid high school stuff while all of us got out and got real jobs and went and got degrees. Well, I'll be I'll be honest with you. I, I've looked at some people in college that I went to college with, mm-hmm. and I look at them, and that's all they want to do. All they want to do is party. They mm-hmm. don't go to they don't go to class. They miss class. They'll stay out really late on a Thursday night. They'll miss their Friday classes. It's like, you know what? I I I remember back to myself. Would I stay out late and have fun? Absolutely. But you, but got you up think and I your fucking stuff. struggled through that class yep. hungover? Absolutely. And I was going to do everything I could to pay attention and do well. 
because if I was going to do one thing, I was going to suffer through the fucking consequence mm-hmm. the next day. And and I, I just, there are some people, you talked about high school and then, you know, your lives later in mm-hmm. your late 20s. But let's talk about, you know, more college. It's the of, same thing. The, it is. It really is. And, you know, sometimes it's like, I would always joke, ah, you can't be an alcoholic in college. You know, this is when you're supposed to have fun. No, you very much can be. And, uh, you know, it's 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 sad, though, because there are, I, I, I shouldn't say many, but there's definitely groups of people who, it just, that's how it goes. And they kind of forget, I think, the path of, what's important and they 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 get off that path and it's just it's 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 sad it's it's very sad i think you know a lot of things too you said at least everyone almost everyone knows at least one Mm -hmm. person i think there's a lot of people who know at least one person who's been affected by alcohol drugs something like that and might not even know it either no exactly it's just it's 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 a shame this is on a bigger scale Mm -hmm. because He's an NFL player. It always is when we talk about this stuff. It always goes bigger. uh, The way I'm thinking about what you just said, it kind of transcends the person. We start talking about Johnny Manziel, boom, we're actually talking about a bigger issue that affects a lot more than just Johnny football. Exactly. And I think that that's where you have to put football aside. I mean, it's a football story because he plays in the NFL. but It's just a game at this point. You have to put football aside because this is someone's son. This is someone's, you know, friend. And this is a very serious thing. And as and as much as I, I, you may think what you want about him as a football player, mm-hmm. but this is a human being whose life literally could be at stake if if, if something isn't done if he isn't given help. Well, that's going to do it. Our kind of somber way to end the podcast. So I'm going to try to liven up the end of this one. I want to thank uh, Brandon Swanee Swanson for uh, joining us on the onside kick. Is this your inaugural? Start on the onside kick since we started it way back in 2012. Is this the first time you've been on the podcast since we started it when it was just me, you, and Dave? I can't remember. It, it, it might be. You know, I don't come on often with you guys, but when I do, it's a damn good show. It's always gold. And me and me and Brandon will hopefully be back next Monday. As long the as the draft, draft, draft talk over. isn't back, the it's draft done. will be over. It'll Good, but that means we'll have NBA. to analyze the shit out <laughs> no, of it. No, because then no, they're, no. they're in the NFL. Pack. Yeah, then there, are, that. then there are problems to deal with, but Whew. we will have NBA draft to talk about. So oh, you're not I, completely don't worry, I out of draft. Wait. You're completely not out of the draft season, but me and Mark will be back next week for the onside kick. Also, this Friday, i got to pitch it here in the podcast so you guys know about it. This Friday will be, actually, if you're listening to this on YouTube as of now, it's up the same day. A graphic conversation's coming back where me and Mark read the best and hopefully not the worst graphic novels. It's a little book club for our nerds of the MVP Army. I want to thank you guys for checking out this podcast. If you're listening on SoundCloud, hit that little heart button, that repost button, and then follow us on SoundCloud. Go check out mostvaluablepodcast.com, your one-stop shop for everything MVP. If you're on YouTube, hit that like button and definitely hit that subscribe button if you're new you can follow us on Twitter. We got a plethora here today. Mark is at the Mark Weber with two E's. I'm at Ricky Widmer. Brandon is at Young underscore Swan nineteen. And no most ease. valuable podcast no at is at Most Valuable Pod. Thank you one more time for checking out this podcast. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.